<laughs> I want the Gators. I'm missing the Gators already. Welcome to Herb Talk Radio. I'm your host, Matthew. And with me, as always, the hey, lovely Peggy. Hi, the co-host. The troublemaker, usually. <laughs> so, Peggs, how's, uh, how how's it going? What's, what's new cracking this oh. week? Well, we have, I, I, I really want to say I'm really excited about this show. First of all, that we have Chris Leon on, um, one of my favorite podcasters and YouTubers and learn so much from him. But on in, in my realm, <laughs> um, I was mowing the yard yesterday and I saw some movement off into the other side of the fence, which we call the dog pasture, a quarter of an acre that we have fenced for our dogs. And I thought, oh, there's a little bunny over there. No, it's this huge, big painted turtle female. And oh, where? Wow. Where she came from, I have no idea because there is no pond close to the place unless somebody, neighbor up the road, down the road, has a, a, a landscape pond they've put in and had stocked it with her. But um, she must have been roaming for a long time. She Either, either she climbed into that dog fence because um, we have it buried six inches down and, and uh, the dogs can't even, even more than that. The dogs can't dig out of it. And, or else someone put her in knowing that I'm the turtle lady and that I would find her. And But she was severely dehydrated, severely emaciated. Um, thank God not gravid. And so now she's in a tank and eating nice. But it's like, where? <laughs> it's just bizarre. It's like, boom, <laughs> turtle, <Yeah>. another one. <laughs> this is the season, right? <laughs> yeah. So that was that was my my big uh, surprise yesterday. I, I contacted my neighbors. We're on a, a, a neighborhood uh, watch list and i said is anybody missing a, a turtle <laughs> and they would go no and so um i i contacted my game fish and parks contact person jen and i said okay this is just this just happened after i make sure she's okay i put some weight on her um and uh you know really check her out she's got clear eyed eating well now and, uh, and hydrated. And I go, can I bring her to the outdoor game fishing parks, Rapid City campus? Um, once, you know, I, I know she's safe and sound and they said, yeah, cause they've got three ponds on that acreage. And so that's, that's where her home's going to be before she becomes gravid again. <laughs> if, yeah, yeah. What did you say was a painted turtle? Yeah. Big yeah. nine inch female Western painted turtle. Wow. And, and I mean, they're, they're local here, but it's yeah. like where, I mean, the only pond that I know of is about a, a mile and uh, um, more than a mile as a crow yeah. flies and why she, and a lot of territory where she had an opportunity to lay eggs, you know, between that pond and here. It's like why she ended up here is beyond me. <laughs> yeah, but, me too. The, a lot of species really hit the ground running when they're ready to lay. You know? Yeah. Yeah. The cr the crazy part about that is is like I road cruised my first painted turtle on the same week too. So yeah. Like I yeah. I I've always seen them at the lake, but I've never seen them on the road until yeah. just the other day. And yeah. yeah. And then Peggy Peggy calls me. She's like, "Did you find that turtle close to my house? Because if you did, it's here." <laughs> yeah. So, yeah. It's, yeah. It was, it's probably it was... fifty miles away. Yeah. And, uh, yeah. It's just surprising to me. I mean, I've lived in this log cabin for over 30 years and to find a Western painted turtle on our place, you know, um, is unheard of. And so, you know, it's like where she came from is, right. yeah, it, it's, uh, and that's one of the things that I wanted to have 
talk the game fishing parks into doing because this one pond that we emptied out yes uh, last year absolutely bone dry um got all the turtles moved out of there and now there's three adults in there and several juveniles uh, juveniles i expected because they would hatch out you know when then when the pond yeah. was was refilled that i expected and um to see three adults there it's like where did they come from <laughs> you know and i go you know can we put um, if it dries out again, can we put tags on them and then find out where they're coming back from? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah. That it's would really, be the way to go. Yeah, yeah, it's interesting. So do you want to formally introduce our guest, Matthew? Well or should I? <laughs> let's uh what's new with me this week? Oh yeah, yeah, we can we can <laughs> <Yeah>. well <laughs> we're 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 kind of watching that in progress, aren't we? <laughs> well, yeah, a little bit. But I did find a painted turtle. That's pretty yeah. cool. And I'm uh I'm driving again across the country for the second time in a month. Wow! If you would have, I never thought I'd see Nashville in my lifetime. Uh, I've been to Nashville three times within the last wow. thirty days. So, Ouch. yeah, wow. <laughs> I, I'm real happy about it. But still, you know, uh, drive time sucks. Everyone's getting cranky right now. Oh yeah. Me. But uh, how, how, what, uh, what, what's your reptile news of the week? I, I found a painted turtle. <laughs> <laughs> and, that's, and, and, that's about it. And, and you have I'm, everybody watching your snakes right now. <laughs> your reptiles. Well, no, it, the snakes don't really need to be watched. Yeah. I mean, we should be back. <laughs> we, well, we were gone for what, about two weeks the first time. And I got back and I was real worried about the water. Everyone still had full water except for one. Mm -hmm. So I put a bigger water dish in and we should be good for two to three weeks again. Mm -hmm. So yeah. Fine. if not a little longer, but I'm good <laughs> before I left. So wow. Okay, great. They're snakes. They don't require the daily attention. Yeah. And, and which reptile town are you moving to? <laughs> I don't know yet for sure. It depends oh. on where the job's at. Okay. We're look. I'm looking Bluffton County, Jasper County, South mm -hmm. Carolina. Jasper. Mm -hmm. um, yeah. Yeah, that's where all the corn snakes come from. Oh, that, that's right. <laughs> Okatee, Okatee yep. corns. Right. Yeah. Okay. They're all right down in that area. So. Yeah. Uh, I don't know. We need a. We needed a bigger change of like uh, The scenery. You know, we got to Tennessee and the mountains, and I love Tennessee and the, these mountains. It's gorgeous and beautiful, and but it's just not quite enough different, if that makes sense, than the Black Hills. Even though the trees are leafed and it's a little different, the coast is a completely different place. Mm -hmm, yeah, <laughs> where I live. <laughs> so yeah, up yeah. north there. So this week, if you haven't quite gathered yet we have uh chris from garden state tortoise yes yeah um usually and... we do a little like what got you started how did you <laughs> <laughs> my table just collapsed <laughs> yep so usually we do like a, how you got to where you are kind of question um I know you got a lot going on there. So what 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 started it and what keeps you going? Uh 
uh, five years old, uh, growing up in, you know, North central New Jersey. Um, it was summer. I was playing in a sandbox, you know, that my dad had made in the backyard and, uh, he was mowing the lawn and he hit something and he, you know, he he didn't really injure it. Just a little scratch, like little, little Mark. Uh, he, he hit a box turtle with the lawnmower and lucky for the turtle, he just grazed the, the top of the carapace and he brought it over to me. And that's all I remember. That was it. You know, uh, I remember asking what it was and he said it was a turtle. And I remember, I remember it was a shell. So I was, you know, it just seemed like a pretty rock at the time. Um, and then whatever happened at that moment, you know, um, the rest of my life became all about them and, and other reptiles. And uh, fast forward to, to now I'm now 40. <laughs> um, I don't know. It, it, there's been so much that's happened. Um, it, it, it's crazy. And honestly, what keeps me going is, is the animals, you know, uh-huh. um, I still love them just as much as I did when I was five uh, and, and beyond that. And, um, I still, I'm still, you know, I call myself a giant child all the time. <laughs> I, I'm still, you know, the other day in the, in the road, uh, the other day in the car, my wife and I, with the kids in the car, we're coming back from, uh, I don't know what we were doing. I think we went out to get coffee or something and we're coming back and, and I'm in the middle of talking to her about something completely unrelated. And as if we don't see this happen every day, all the time, there was a box turtle that was just coming across the road. And I was like, Oh my God. You know? <laughs> He's like, wow, you know, like I, I, I just still, you know, um, it's, uh, it's basically the, the blood that pumps through my veins, you know, yeah. the animals are what keeps me going, you know? Yeah. Yeah. So, I, yeah. I, I'm 66 and I, I, I know what you're talking about. I, you know, that finding that turtle yesterday, it's like just this, this buzz goes through you. It's like, yeah, yeah you're right. You know, what's that doing here? And then to, then to explore that individual, you know, and, mm-hmm. and take pictures and, you know, and it's just, yeah, I, I feel like I'm a kid again. And, and that's pretty good being decades old, <laughs> many decades old. And yeah. so, but yeah. And uh, so now, Chris, you, you went on to get a degree um, in a biological field. Um, could you explain that to us? I actually didn't. Oh, I thought, <laughs> I oh, I, I thought I, you had. No, I, I, a lot of people think that I did because, because of my line of work and, and what I'm, you know, been able, able to do, but I, I guess I was one of the few that, um, somehow pushed, you know, pushed through with, without ever going to school. And, and I, I just couldn't, you know, I, I, you know, when I got out of high school, um, at the time I was a working musician. Um, oh, wow. Yeah. But I, and I, you know, I was on the road a bit and, and stuff like that and, and putting out records and, but I, you know, my main passion was still reptiles. And I just, I, I basically just knew that if I were to go to school, mm-hmm. I would just be wasting my parents' money. For, <laughs> I, well, you know, I, I had, I had, re- I had read so much. And at that point I was already writing my own things. And um, I just, I just kind of, basically said to myself like nobody's really going to be able to teach me what i i want to know more about um mm-hmm. i just, I just ah. took chances you know uh-huh. I took chances and just kept going with it and more and more kept happening and then in uh 2021 um was it 21 or 
the very beginning of 2021. It was like right after 2020, I got hired as an assistant herpetologist. Oh, okay. That's what I was thinking. Yeah. 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 And and that's, um, you know, so essentially I'm, I'm I'm an assistant herpetologist, field biologist. um, And uh, I work primarily with um, snakes in the field. Mm -hmm. Um, But I do, you know, there's some, there's definitely some turtle work too. You know, I I just did some uh, bog turtle work. Uh, Oh, fun. Yeah. I was on a box turtle monitoring job. But, you know, they all go they all go hand in hand. All the reptiles do. It's, it's funny how no. many people, you know, it's funny how many people out there don't. It's almost like they don't want to accept that turtles and tortoises are reptiles. <laughs> and it's hysterical okay. because, like, I love all reptiles. I get ju- mm-hmm. I, I'll say I get just as excited when I see a snake uh-huh. in the field. But I think I actually get more excited about snakes. And. You know, when I go and I try to share that on our on our platforms, it's amazing how many people are like, nope, nope, <laughs> not a snake, not a lizard. Some, oh. one, I remember one guy actually went off on us on, I think it was a YouTube video, and it was like, stop calling them reptiles, you idiot. It's like, oh, oh my. Okay, boy. Oh, they, they are reptiles. <laughs> yeah. I mean. <laughs> Something okay. like that, you just kind of go, all right, lie down before you hurt yourself. <laughs> yeah. yeah. But, um. Yeah. Uh, so that that's, that's, and that's just one little part of, of what, you know, I have going on, you know, I, I'm in the field working, I'm here working. Then we do volunteer field work, which is the <laughs> project and it's, uh-huh. it's never ending. And somehow, uh, you know, I'm, I'm a husband and a father on top of all of that. Yeah. So now are you on your different projects, the snake one, then the, the turtle one, are you working for different agencies or the same agency? So everything is kind of blanketed under uh, New Jersey Fish and Wildlife in the Department of en- Environmental Protection. But the company that I'm uh, I'm employed with is uh, is an environmental consultant company. Okay. But we work directly with Fish and Wildlife. <laughs> we work directly with the Pinelands Commission um, and other uh, organizations or you know authorities. Um, and the, our Diamondback Terrapin Project is a Fish and Wildlife permitted project. Uh, they don't do any of the work. They, they write the permits, you know. Okay. Um, and then everything with Garden State Tortoise is kind of several parts. You know, it's 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 a breeding facility. It's a rescue. Um, it's you know a, a, a hub. If and, you, know, you and know. you and you have assurance colonies of some of the listed yes. species. Yes. And 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 you work with the game um, game uh, I say wildlife agencies on that or and zoos or who uh... um, so the wh- whenever animals come from uh, fish and wildlife or game and fish or anything those are just confiscations mm-hmm. so they're not really interested in anything that goes on with the animals you know um, as far as like what happens here it's more of a, Hey, we seized these, we need a place for them to live their lives out. So there's like a chain of custody that you have to sign. Uh, and then once the case is over, like wh- while the case is still going on, the animals are considered live uh, evidence. Uh-huh. And then once the uh, case is closed, then that's essentially it. You know, you're, you're, they're basically signed over to you and they just, they live their lives out here. You know, we have animals here from confiscations going back to 2017, uh, 2015, Mm-hmm. And I think there was like one, I think there was one before that. Mm-hmm. Unfortunately, a lot of the animals that come in from confiscations don't live long, you know, because yeah. the authorities sit on them for so long before oh. they get them, before they get them in, into a, an appropriate situation that they're often too 
compromised. It's, it's awful, you know? Um, and then what, 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 what's even worse is you have to hold on to the bodies as you know, if if the case is still going on. So, I mean, at one point we had a freezer full of dead box turtles because they were so sick when they got here that no veterinary intervention, nothing worked, you know, it's sad. Yeah. Uh, But then the insurance, that is super sad. Um, you're really loud there, Matthew. The, um, the assurance colonies are really from like other conservation entities, like uh, like the Turtle Survival Alliance, the TSA, mm-hmm. um, you know, stuff like that. We have we have Cohelan box turtles here, which are uh, they're from the Gladys Porter Zoo, and we're the only private um, facility in the stud book for them. Mm-hmm. Um, stuff like that. I'll, I'll just a couple small examples of you know. Yeah, that was I, I saw your two videos on the Cohelan box turtles. Um, really interesting. Um, I, I would, there, there's so many, uh, I, I saw that the TSA was, uh, and, and the U.S. Fish and Wildlife Service was um, asking through the TSA on their, uh, during their symposiums, looking for people like you to take um, start assurance colonies, take confiscations, people that were um, very good um, reptile keepers that lived near major airports that, you know, so that the transport to a facility like yours would be you know, short and, and, and with more ease, like instead of a person like me out in South Dakota and um, not really a, a, an airport hub out here. Um, and so, uh, you know, I, 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 there's just so many questions like, you know, once they give them to you, do you work network with other zoos and other insurance colonies, you know, as you share the stud book and uh, breeding individuals? Um, there seems to, well, with the TSA, that's pretty straightforward, you know, uh, you know, for, um, for example, one of the biggest groups that they gave us is our pancake tortoises, which are actually in Disney's animal kingdoms stud book. So mm-hmm. when we end up getting babies for them, from them, uh, my understanding is that they'll be registered in Disney's stud book. Um, and then the way it works with the TSA is, you know, garden state tortoise keeps the first hatch hatchling TSA gets the second, then Garden State Tortoise gets the fourth, then they get the fifth, you know what I mean? Stuff like that. And mm-hmm. they can, you know, they can decide if they want them or if they don't um, or where they want them to go. Um, and eventually, you know, to diversify the, gene- the genetic pool, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, but then um, there's actually less of that than, than you would think, you know, but part of it is so many of these animals, they're just not very prolific, you know, they're not mm-hmm. very reproductive. So, if, you know, it's, um, you know, we just hatched into today's video, which we showed, we hatched three Mexican box turtles. And, um, you know, so once the rest of the, the eggs hatch, you know, I'll report to them and we'll decide who's going to go where, who's going to stay here, who's going to go to them or where they want them to go, that kind of thing. Um, with something like Mexican box turtles, there's really limited genetics with them under captive management in the United States, because there's no legal quota on them to come out of Mexico. So whatever is here, including the ones that we have, they were brought here illegally. Mm. So now these babies are, are a ray of hope. They're an actual now legal captive bred um, form of them. Mm-hmm. So they're going to, they're, you know, they're pretty important for, uh, you know, prolonging the existence of them under responsible keeping. And so you can sell them to other accredited entities or you share them with other uh, accredited um, entities? I, you know, my understanding is that whatever ones we keep, we can do whatever we want with. Um, we're definitely going to raise 
especially since it's the first year, we'll probably keep all the hatchlings that we get to keep from the hatch here. Um, so we can start, you know, a, a captive bred assurance colony down the line. I mean, box turtles, you know, they take forever to mature. You know, mm -hmm. I think, I think the record in captivity to get an animal to, you know, sexual maturity where it's healthy and reproducing, I think is between eight and 12 years. Mm -hmm. It's still a very long time. And in nature, that's 722. That's crazy. A little different, mm -hmm. than right? Mm -hmm. <laughs> a lot different. I agree. Yeah. I complain about the five years for my carpet pythons. Yeah. Yeah. Can is you... it too high or too quiet? Very high. Yeah. <laughs> very high. I will try and adjust my settings. I am being very quiet. <laughs> okay. Okay. And uh, so now you have um, uh, a number of species that you can sell and and uh, and that have been uh, like you had just described um, from captive born and then captive um, raised um, individuals. Um, now, how do you select who you sell to? I mean, is it is, is it persons that you really know are good reptile keepers? Um, how how do you approve? From what I gathered on your website, it's it, it's like um, you really had to know that the person before you release an animal that they really know. You know, they're not going to put it in a, a, a tiny plastic bowl. <laughs> yeah, I, I, you know, Casey and I wanted to come up with some kind of vetting process, you know, mm -hmm. um, because we 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 obviously believe in herpetoculture. We, we believe in the hobby, you know, you and, and our, you know, our motto what, for the longest time was, you know, conservation and preservation through education, you know. Right. And, you know, it, it's because. You need both sides. You need the conservation aspect of things, conserving the animals in the wild, habitat management and mitigation. And then you need the captive, responsible captive management because there's just no, you can't have one without the other. And there's still uh -huh. so many people out there that don't believe that, you know, or they think they don't believe it. It's because they really don't want to see the other side. You know, you've got people in the hobby that hate the biologists and the conservationists and vice versa. And really, everybody just needs to join forces and get along. Yeah. Because there are there's bad in both sides, and there's also mm -hmm. plenty of good in both sides. Right. You can't punish all the good with the bad. You got to join forces. We're all fighting for the same thing. Mm -hmm. You know, and it's um, but but even still, going back to the question, I got off track there for a minute. We wanted to come up with some kind of vetting <laughs> process because we did, we wanted to try to put some kind of control, you know, a, a realistic amount of control on where the animals were going. So we said, okay, well, let's not just let people buy stuff off the website by clicking it one click the animal's yours you get it and it, that's it it's done mm -hmm. and, you know we have plenty of friends that have websites like that and i love them I, they're great people that's just the way they do things you know we wanted to and, and believe me we created a lot more work for ourselves <laughs> this way like an insane amount of work mm -hmm. but that's what we do is we want people to reach out to us we want them to understand that we do everything through prepaid pre-order Mm -hmm. And that once they come to us, they can start a relationship with us. And sometimes with just in the first couple of sentences, but they initially contact you, you can tell mm -hmm. if it's, you know what I mean? Mm -hmm. what, oh yeah. What, what you got, what, have, what, what's available. It's like, no, you know what I mean? Mm -hmm. People can't even say, Hey Chris, Hey Casey, my name is blah, 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 blah. You're already in too quick for me. You know, you're yep. too much of a rush. Yeah. So, um, we like to create a little bit of relationship, get a little bit of background with the people um, we, we make sure that we have the websites and, and all the videos out there. You know what I mean? Like we're, we're constantly trying to put the, the most current information on the species and the care and their conservation status so that everybody's got the full package going into it. And it's a little mm -hmm. bit tough, though. You know, it's hard to get people that are like religious on the website to come over to YouTube. 
and it's hard to get people from YouTube to come over to Instagram and then Instagram <laughs> go over to Facebook. It's like, why can't there just be one? But they yeah. keep coming out with all these stupid platforms, you know? <laughs> it's like, what's next, get, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Getting into yeah. getting yeah. the like, viewers you from, talk? you know? What, what was that, Matthew? Getting the viewers from like the podcast app on yeah. YouTube. It, yeah. No. It, yeah. yeah. We hand over fists to get more downloads via podcast app than the YouTube stuff gets. Yeah. So. But I think the same thing was uh, I, I was one of the hosts on a, on a, a podcast called The Pond for a while oh yes yeah and i I was uh i was just on as a guest for the 100th episode because i was just too busy to keep being committed to it but the turtle turtle room guys are incredible actually anthony's coming to visit me this weekend so i'm super Mm -hmm. excited about that but um uh same thing like you know like on youtube like you know only this amount of people or these people would watch it on there but then the downloads were way yeah yeah. it's crazy but (laughs) you know maybe one day it'll all just morph into one thing but um (laughs) But, you know, again, going back to the question, we try to have some kind of vetting process and we're at the point where we feel like we're putting so much out there that we are definitely giving people the chance to, you know what I mean? Yes. In a thing or two before they contact us. And then when they do contact us, we can give them more links or we can, you know, tell them this, that, and the other thing. And then I always tell people, you know, I'm here for lifetime support, you know, Um, but it's a lot of work. It really, really is, you know, and sometimes you get some questions from people initially that, you can tell they're good people and they want to do the right thing, but they ask you frightening questions, (laughs) you know? And it's like, Oh man, do I really want to send an animal to that? You know? Yeah. 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 Well, I'm, I'm seeing behind you as many of the habitats that I've watched you and Casey build. Yes. I mean, there's so much fun that goes into watching you build those habitats and 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 i i I teased joe i said well now seeing what you know uh chris and casey were able to put together we can put one of those type of habitats above the aquarium Uh, yeah yeah. you know fasten it it to the log wall like we do our kitchen cabinets (laughs) yeah right Uh, well it's funny like toad ranch who has you know sponsored all of these builds uh jared and denny lynn are just they're unbelievable. They're, they're mm-hmm. so talented. They make such quality products and, and they, they love the animals. Like, yeah. They, they get so excited. Like we, I just talked to Jared today because it, it irked me and him that like, there's an open space here. <laughs> That's where the chameleon cage is. And, and he was like, what are we going to do there? You know? So we, we, we talked about that today and we got a plan for that. But um, mm-hmm. it's funny, like during the pandemic was the first time I discovered them and you know, we're at home, can't do anything. We're sitting there watching the same shows over and over again. And I'm surfing on online. And I think it was on Instagram. I saw an ad and I was like, oh man, Case, look at this thing. You know, look, this is like a piece of furniture. We could put this like right under the TV or, you know, and then uh, one thing led to another. And, and I had actually ordered an enclosure off their website. Just, I was like, oh, I'm, I'm going to, I got to do all the specs and everything. And then I didn't realize that Jared and Danny Lynn knew who we were and they actually were already <laughs> following us. So then one thing led to another, we just started working together, you know, Cool. but uh, yeah, they're, they're awesome. Such awesome enclosures. Yeah. Yeah. Cause I, I um, you know, during the summer I can have my, you know, all my turtles outside, but this uh-huh. has been such a weird spring and, and summer. I mean, I'm, we're still yeah. having nights in the forties wow. days. Yeah. Days in the eighties. And so it's like, well, you know, if, if I keep them out there with this kind of temperature shift, I, you know, I, I would just expect some, you know, pneumonia or God knows, you know, it's just not, you, you know, so I'm, yeah. I'm taking, 
I'm, I'm putting them out at, you know, um, eight to nine o'clock in the morning when it's, you know, um, 70 degrees. Mm-hmm. Um, I've, I've had to keep the two largest tanks heated to 70 degrees, you know, through the night. And, and so that they go out there, you know, 70 degree air, 70 degree water. I mean, and, it, and, uh, thank God for Phoenix, um, aquarium heaters that, you know, uh, and then I, I, I partially cover their habitat so that the, the, the air, you know, the heater doesn't have to work so hard through the night. Right. And, and so it's just unbelievable. And, and, and that's why Matthew goes, yeah, well, you're in the wrong area. Yeah, <laughs> and, and so, <laughs> it's, it's How, funny. Uh, do you, do you roommate your turtles outside, your tortoises outside? Yeah. Okay. I mean, it depends on so the species. That, you know? that was, that was one of my kind of points with Peggy, like with the box turtles that are native from up in South Dakota, like she could build a pen and then hopefully they just live, you know? I I found out I can't, I've got uh, two types of ants here that would eat them alive as they brewmate. What kind of ants? Um, You know, now I don't have the species. Um, One of them is about a half an inch long and red and black very voracious. Thank God my neighbors, um, um, they, they build mounds that looks like they're, you know, uh, come from Africa. Oh, and yeah. and the, They uh, act like fire ants, but they're not. <laughs> yeah, they're not the, the fire ants. Um, and uh, my, my, when my neighbor's chickens get out, they, they just tear apart those ant hives and, and, yeah. and take them out. But you know, they, but there's still too many of them underground and they, they will eat up turtle eggs. They will eat up brumated, you know, turtles. And, you know, I was warned about them and I, I, I that'll be a, a, I'll share it on, get more of information again and, and share it on a, another podcast. But, you know, it's, that we lose more um, nests in this area to ants I've noticed than, than to crows um, or raccoons. And uh, it's, and, and that lo and behold, we, you know, we have that, type of ant here and yeah i mean they're yeah they're voracious you don't ever want to get too close to the to them we, but, we look out we we don't um we don't really have uh any any issues with uh ants here um you know we have we have a couple different species the most common ones that we come across here are um the yellow the yellow ant um but it's it's the species or the subspecies that smells like citronella Oh. When you disturb them, it just instantly hits you in the face. It's citronella, but they're very peaceful. They don't they don't bother anything. They're actually they're in just about every turtle pen. They don't even bother the eggs. Nice. Um, but um, Matt, going back to your question, um, yeah, we I brewmate um, a very large portion of the collection here outdoors. So obviously, anything that's native to the Northeast is fine. Um, but I have success had, um, brewmating a lot of Florida turtles out here. Um, our alligators, our alligator snappers stay out year round, our Florida box turtles, our Gulf coast box turtles, three toed box turtles. Um, one year, two winters ago, I could not locate one of our male Cohelan box turtles in time for winter. And he came up in the spring. He hibernated, wow. hibernated at the bottom of a pond, like a painted turtle would. Wow. Yeah. Uh, and then as far as the tortoises go, um, everything from Europe stays out year round for the most part. Uh, all three subspecies of Hermans, a couple different subspecies of Greeks, marginated Russians, um, obviously some of the more uh, arid dwelling, obscure Greek tortoises like the Libyans, 
the Moroccans uh, and then Egyptian tortoises, they come in, but we do have to bring in a lot. You know, we've, we've got Aldabras, we've got Galapagos, we've got Redfoots, you know, um, uh, what else do we have here? We've got hingebacks, um, a whole mess of, of species that, that, have to, that have to come in. And I actually, I try to pull myself back from doing more with some of the exotic aquatic species. Cause I love them. And we do have some, you know, we have, we have a Mata Mata, we have um, some Indian spotted pond turtles, uh, a couple other, a couple other species, but um, I, I don't have as state of the art uh, aquatic indoor facility as I'd like to. Mm. So it's a lot easier for us to, house box turtles and tortoises over the winter that need to come inside. And, you know, fortunately for us with that, that, that we're more known, you know, publicly for tortoises and box turtles than we are other turtles. Um, so that works out nicely, but yeah, I, I South Jersey is a very interesting. <laughs> it, it's people don't get it. First of all. So I live on the outer coastal plain, which hugs the pine barrens. It oh, looks right. like Northern Florida here. Literally. It's, oh. white, it's white sand pitch pine trees, uh, deciduous forest, a lot of wetlands, a lot of turtle diversity, a lot of snake diversity. We only have three types of lizards here, but we have a mess of amphibians. And so down here, and I'm only about an hour and 10 minutes south of where I grew up, where my parents still live. And in the winter, they'll call me and they'll say, are you guys okay? How much snow did you get? <laughs> like, uh, we didn't, it, you know, it, it's weird. It's very weird. So uh -huh. you know, people automatically associate New Jersey with just like dreariness, cold, snow. Snow's rare here. Wow. Yeah, I, I actually wish we'd get more of it for the sake of my kids because they they're like <laughs> you know, they've gotten like one or two good snowstorms in the last six years. And they're wow. because we live on the coast, they melt like that. You know, there's mm -hmm. too much salinity in the air. But uh yeah, so the sandy substrate, the milder winters, the ridiculously hot summers, and, and I mean it's uncomfortably hot. Um, all really goes hand in hand with turtles and tortoises. It works out nicely, but I will say that sometimes it backfires. This year has been so wacky. Like you were just saying, Peggy, the, the winter was so mild, like over the top mild. I mean, it was, we had like one week of freezing temperatures and then that was it. I'm moving. <laughs> don't though. Don't because this is, you can't predict this place. So then spring shows up, right? March is miserable as it usually is. It's gray. It's raw outside. It's raining every other day. Then April hits and it's 80 degrees every single day and sunny. Wow. Like what? Okay. And I'm, I'm telling you, we went on vacation to Disney World like we usually do because my brother-in-law works there. Um, we went down to see them at Disney for a week in April and we got to Florida and it was 62 degrees and raining. Wow. Now, looking at my cameras back home, because I have cameras on everything here to keep tabs and the tortoises are out basking and all the turtles are on their logs. And I'm like, what did the States flip flop or something? You know, <laughs> but then May shows up. And like you just said, it decides to be 40 degrees every night and like mm -hmm. 75 to 80 every single day. Yeah. And no rain in the vicinity. Like, unbelievable drought. Okay. Tortoises are trying to nest and the ground's just collapsing on them. The turtles, the box turtles, I, our Mexican box turtles held their eggs for like six to eight weeks. They just would not lay them. Oh, and then, uh, now here we are. It's June 20th. It's the first day of summer. It's 66 degrees and raining. Wow. Now, now couldn't you hose down the, you know, your, yeah. uh, 
and, and they would dry up that fast. It would dry up that fast and you, they can't be that easily fooled. You know, the animals, they obviously don't know what a sprinkler is or a hose is, but there's something that I think tells their, their biological needs or whatever, or recognition that, that this isn't rain. You know what I mean? Like, Oh, I'm going to drink it. It's water. But they, you know, I thought for sure, Oh, if we wet this down, we'll get some nests. They held those nests until we actually got a good downpour. And we did, we got one really heavy thunderstorm, really awesome storm drenched everything. And then for the next two weeks, three weeks, there was no rain at all. Oh, well, that, and, and, and the scientist in me goes, hmm, maybe you could do a, a scientific experiment where you add ozone into a controlled environment <laughs> and, and it's the ozone that's missing that the turtles sense that that's really rain and, and now we'll lay. <laughs> yeah. I, was, I was actually heading that way with uh, like even snake guys, moon, the moon cycles and barometric pressure changes are all we talk about. Our, shed, our snakes always shed on a full moon for some reason, don't know why. And if a thunderstorm's coming, you're guaranteed to see breeding activity. Oh, yeah. If it's breeding season, anyway. So yeah, that, uh, that barometric pressure change might be it. And I don't know if you can replicate that. Yeah. It's tough. And barometric pressure definitely plays a vital role in, in, in any of these animals. And, you know, with, 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 like a, with a full moon, you know, with the terrapins, we know when there's a full moon that anywhere around that like three day span where the moon is either on the first of those three days or the last or the middle, whatever, we know there's going to be what we call a rush. And that's when with our Diamondback Terrapin conservation work, there's dozens and dozens and dozens of gravid females just crisscrossing all over the road, frantically oh, looking wow. for the nest, you know. The tide plays a role. The temperature, of course, does. If it's cold and there's a full moon, they're not going to move. But as long as you've got warmth and the tide is high and there's a full moon, it's utter chaos. You know? wow. And the same thing to an extent happens with the animals here. You know, I'll notice, you know, I, I have snakes all, I know you can't see it here, but I have all our snakes on this wall, um, this long wall. It's the longest wall in the building. And uh, when there's a full moon, they're just more active, you know? Uh uh, well, going back to the diamondback terrapins, on in watching your video from today, um, you know there were some eggs that you collected, and then another female that you just let go in another area, and she was digging that nest right in front of you, yeah. and and you were going to leave those eggs there. What determines which eggs that you collect, and 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 from what you said, those were going to be hatched out at a zoo. I know you had, <clears throat> excuse me, hatched out. Um, tubs and tubs of diamondbacks yourselves yeah. so could um so i was like oh wait a minute i thought you know you and casey collected them and then hatched them out for the associate the, the group that you work for and but now the zoo's taken over the um no the um the zoos don't have anything to do with the terrapins what we're, what we're doing now is we're working with conserve wildlife foundation of new jersey and they're another conservation organization they do a lot with raptors um they do uh, uh, bog turtle work, terrapin work. Um, uh, what else do they do? Um, I can't think off the top of my head, but they do a lot of different species native to the state. And they have a terrapin project not far from here. And what they did was they built a, a half acre nesting beach yeah. for the diamondbacks. And what happened was for the, we started our project in 2018. And yeah, every single year, Casey and I would bring the eggs back here, incubate them in a separate um, room and, and everything from our animals in separate incubators. And then in the fall, when we'd have the babies, which were hundreds of them, we would go release them into the marsh. 
but there's something that's been going on internally with the, with our state fish and wildlife and they've been changing things. So this year they decided that they didn't want us to incubate the eggs here anymore. They wanted us to do them off site, um, which, you know, a little bit frustrating by the same token. It's like, don't really not mind having to worry about hundreds of baby diamondbacks, you know, and it's a lot, you know? So we, there was a lot of back and forth, a lot of miscommunication, but then Ben Wurst from Conserve Wildlife, who Casey has befriended over the years, he was like, well, I have, I have a nesting beach. If, if they're cool with it, build your own nesting box so we don't get mixed up with our turtles. And then when your babies hatch, take them out of the box and just let them go. And Fish and Wildlife is like, cool, green, green light, do it. So that's what we're doing there now. And as far as what determines what goes, what we bring back and what we don't, you know, um, we kind of leave it up to the mother. If, if like that terrapin that was nesting right in front of me, yeah. had she committed, we would have definitely got her nest, but she did end up giving up. Mm-hmm. So at that point, you can't force anything on her. You just let her go do her thing and hope that nothing gets the eggs. Mm-hmm. And, you know, you do kind of play a little bit of a balance. You know, you don't want every single egg in the vicinity being removed because they do feed some animals. It's just that in these particular locations, the predation has gotten to such an unnatural uh, state that the terrapins aren't getting a chance at all. So mm-hmm. we kind of just base it off the day. You know, if there's a lot of terrapins going and we got to run from female to female <laughs> to female, you know, a lot of eggs are not getting collected, you know, Um I think we collect the most eggs on days that are a little bit calmer because we can say, okay, here's this mother. Let's mark the spot. We know where she is. Let's go process this other turtle because this turtle is either not ready to nest or done nesting. And then by the time we get back there, if that one is finished, then we can remove her nest if she, but then sometimes they give up, you know, Mm -hmm. and we're also playing a game with the crows. The crows have facial recognition. They can recognize vehicles. They don't bother anybody else on that road, but (laughs) they're one of the smartest animals in the world. Yeah. Know our faces. They know our card and and they're like, okay, turtle people are here. Let's trail them. So, and they're so bold that all you have to Mm -hmm. do is walk away from one female to go to another. And then somebody's flying down, grabbing whatever they came out of that nest and telling their friends, you know? Yeah. Yeah. I I really liked in your, it wasn't the one from today, but the other Diamondback Terrapin video where they're laying on the side of the road. Yeah. That, I I saw that in South Carolina. There's a turtle laying on the side of the road. And then, yeah, you're, you're 100% right. Those eggs were dug up within a few hours, I'm sure. And in South Carolina, you're not allowed to touch them. That's yeah. Fine. So, well, it's the same thing here, but we, luckily we have the permit to do it, but yeah, like regular, you know, just a, you know, uh, anybody can't just go and do anything. Right. Sometimes they'll say, Oh, if a turtle nested on your lawn, you can, you know, cover it with something because it is your property, you know? Um, and then of course people that just want to do the right thing, they're just quiet about it and they'll help. But, but yeah, the, the wildlife laws are, are insane. And, and, and speaking of which I, I just, we put a short out on YouTube, which we hate doing, but we have to do it. it keeps <laughs> Me too. All it is is YouTube trying to be TikTok, you know. Yeah. But so we have to yeah. do them. And we we I did one where I we, we lived we lived backed up to forty seven thousand acres of wildlife refuge. So there's wildlife all around us, and it's not just dying back terrapins. There's a lot of box turtles here. So the one morning I was walking around the yard, and there were two male wild box turtles that had gotten into a fight, and the one flipped the other one over. But then he made the sorry mistake of biting that <gasps> yes. and he clamped on his jaw. So I'm filming it 
And I'm saying in there, like, you know, sorry guys, like this is nature. I, you know, like I, I, I called our wildlife vet just to be like, you think there's anything else I can, and he was like, no, leave him alone, you know? And I, 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 I posted that video of me just saying like, you know, unfortunately there's some weird laws where you, re you really can't do anything. They're wild. They, they'll work it out. And they did, they did work it out. They separated unharmed and went on their ways as they should. But the, the, of course that stupid video went viral. <laughs> that one had to go viral. And the comments are, are just oh. absolutely insane. It's hysterical. People yeah. are like, just flip them over. Pour water on them because they don't understand the anatomy of a box turtle. <laughs> yeah. If you were to blow on that turtle, he would close tighter. Yeah. So you know, and, and and I would have just like moved him to the shade until they worked it out, you know. <laughs> so they didn't. Yeah, you know, and it's like you know, people. How about you don't make a video and blah blah. blah and it's like you have no uh, idea what's, what's what's going on. <laughs> You know, and whether or not I helped them when the camera was off, that's something that just remains to be told, you know? Right. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. That's, I, that's the the whole negative connotations always do well. I yeah, mean, that's why yeah. that's why we have some of the people we do in the reptile hobby leading the way in the yeah. Yeah. I, I, in the media category. Yeah. I think anytime you, anybody posts anything, you're going to get just the weirdest comments ever. And you could save, you could save an infant from a burning building. Somebody <laughs> will still tell you, you shouldn't have done that. Or <laughs> you know, it, that, that's the age we live in. You know, there's yeah. people that are just sitting there, they got nothing else going on and they, they need to chime in but yeah unfortunately it is what it is but the engagement keeps the videos going too yeah. so in a way you feel sorry for those people but you also thank them because they're what's going to drive it up even further and <laughs> yeah. you are reaching more of a global audience that wants to really learn you know what yeah. i mean yeah i'll tell you how many people they just they never knew why a box turtle was called a box turtle. They just they're like, wait a minute, that thing can seal shut, that thing can close its shell. So those are the people yes. we, want to we want to blow those people away with like, wow, these animals are amazing. I just thought they were dumb turtles, you know. Mm -hmm. So you know, whatever yeah. whatever comes your way is what comes your way. But you know, yeah, we've, it, we've mentioned it a handful of times on the podcast. Turtles are way more approachable than a lizard or a snake or yeah. they're they're the most approachable reptile maybe besides frogs but i don't think people want to hold frogs people will pick up a no and i mean with frogs you know like there, there's a lot of skepticism with that too because you're not supposed to hold them because of how you know sensitive their skin is and everything but yeah i mean turtles are definitely you know the more uh, approachable of them you know i mean obviously lizards are very hard to catch <laughs> you know and and most snakes are gonna try to make themselves look tough even though they aren't you know mm -hmm. right uh, i mean it's i mean you know a wild pine snake you know i, I mean I, you know i've because I, I work with them in the field so right. i've gotten to experience that many many times which and that never gets old and those <laughs> things are just the the hiss that comes out of them that, i mean some of them the big ones rattle we have we have a oh I have a huge male. Uh, we call him Gigantia, which means a place of giants because he's one of the record size pine snakes. We couldn't even get a weight on him. He tipped up, tipped out the scale. Wow. Uh, and when that thing hisses and he's a captive bred snake too. So it's not like he's really got a reason to fear me. Um, I use him for education all the time. And the reason I use him is because he'll never bite and he never, he never like suffers from, from it. He seems to handle it very well. You know, you put him right back in his enclosure when you get home and he's ready to take a rat, you know? <laughs> yeah. But when he hisses because he's so big and so loud, it actually rattles. 
you know. Oh wow. Very impressive. And 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 that's just what you know, one of the things that pine snakes are known for, you know. But then you've then you've got racers that want to kill you. <laughs> you know, yeah. every racer is just mad you know <laughs> so so they the, absolutely the, hate humans oh they <laughs> really really do so the pine, i think they're the ones leaving comments i think <laughs> <laughs> so, so the the pine snake do they so they they vocalize a rattle much like the bull snakes then oh yeah exactly yeah, you know, they're same, same yeah same species yep ish okay. not subspecies but they're pits yeah. Right. Yeah. So yeah. Any any pit is is gonna. It, it's just so incredible. L loudest hissers. You know. I think they are the loudest hissers, right? I don't. I'm not sure. sure. I don't know. <laughs> I mean, I've I've only handled the bull snakes here. They're native to here, and you know, we um, a girlfriend and I got a uh, real uh, boy. How long? She was at least six feet long. Huge head, and you know, we didn't know. You know, we'll, we'll put her in in the uh, behind my garage in this ball uh, ball and claw old tub and make a screen over it. She's in the shade part, you know, sun in the morning, sun, you know, in the evening. And then all of a sudden one morning there were babies everywhere. We, we had put, put her in about a foot of duff. <laughs> you know, I didn't know if, if she had, you know, I had, didn't know if she had been live bearing or she had, uh, you know, had they lay eggs, lay, yeah. laid yeah. eggs. And, you know, and, and we were what, 11 and 12 years old, you know, all of a sudden I go, Lois, you got to come over here. I don't know what to do with all, you yeah, know, and, they, and my, cool. my mom was screaming like, you move them out into the woods, you know, and then, there was, <laughs> and then there was a pond just on the other side of the woods. And so I, you know, perfect bull snake habitat. And so that's what we did. You know, I but, got to see the only time I ever got to see a bull snake in the wild. I, I had one for a while, um, but uh, the, I got to, in 2015, the Minnesota Herpetological Society uh, flew me out there to speak. And when I was out there, the DNR took me out to do some quick field research with Blanding's turtles just to like help them out for the day. And we uh, we checked a drift fence, which is funny, like that's one of the things I do for my job now. And it was the first time I had ever seen a drift fence. And they had little box traps and pitfall traps, much like what we use today. And they had they were like, oh, do you want to go check? the? We'll see if we got anything in the traps. And I'm like, sure. And they didn't think we were really going to have anything. It was a cooler overcast day, kind of like today. And, uh, but there was, there was like a, 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 a juvenile, maybe like a two-year-old bull snake in a trap. And it was just so cool to, um, I mean, I, again, it never gets old seeing my native stuff in the wild, mm -hmm. but to see another herp like that, you know, and, and I've, I've had the pleasure of seeing a couple different species in the wild outside of New Jersey, but that was one that was really memorable for me. Mm -hmm. You know, because it was funny was at that point in time when I, found that wild bull snake i had still not seen a new jersey pine snake in the wild oh so, yeah so it was really i got to see that picture over before i got to see our picture. <laughs> so, wow yeah it, I, it, I am a big fan of pits i love that little attitude that they have and like <laughs> my baby i've got well they're juveniles now um yeah if you you catch them on the wrong day man They'll coil up like a rattlesnake, buzz their tail up against the side of the container, oh, strike yeah. and strike and strike and strike. Yeah, Just, this guy, and then once they're done, once they're done, they're done. Oh, yeah. I've this noticed. guy, when I first got him, he was given to us by, by a guy that actually follows us. And he uh, he's a rat snake breeder, but he and he, ha he raised this guy from a, a juvenile and, and he needed to give him up because he's, he's like, he's just too much snake for me. And I'm thinking, really a pine? But this pine is so huge. When I first got him, he was so mad. He struck the glass and broke it. 
Whoa. Yeah. Struck the glass and broke it. Dang. He's not, hasn't done it since he's really calmed down since then. <laughs> he legit. Cause you know, a lot of pits are just fronting, but uh -huh. this dude was like, no nah, man, I'm like almost as big as you. And I'm going to show you that. You know? oh, <laughs> yeah. it, was, it was cool. I had to go get a new paint of glass for the enclosure. Yeah. <laughs> yeah I, um, yeah, uh, Matthew keeps teasing me that I am going to get a pet snake and I go, I've got, since we rewilded our yard, I, I encounter at least three or four or five snakes a day. You know, they're, they're all bath. Um, we've got the terrestrial garter snake. We've got the plains garter snake and we've got the common garter snake. And I saw a red line snake and, and I, I tried to catch it, but I couldn't, I didn't have my camera and I go, they're not supposed to be here. You know? And, and uh, you know, they're supposed to be over in Idaho and Colorado, but you know, here one was in our yard and wow. And so it, um, yeah, it's, it's just, you know, we live on three acres and we just, um, we haven't used, you know, any sort of um, herbicide or anything like that um, for decades. And so um, once we just let it, everything grow and, and we have, um, I'll take a picture and we have paths, in, you know, with these big clumps of wild grasses that are up to four feet high. And, and we used to have a mice problem and, but our cats weren't taking care of it. But now that all these snakes have moved in, they're, they're cleaning up the, the mice and, and, you know, in their nests and we don't have any mice getting into our vehicles anymore and, and, you know, into our structures. And yeah, so I, I said, yeah, you know, snakes can get into places that cats can't. And so they'll take care of your rodents a lot easier. Right, right. right. <laughs> So, you know, every right, snakes are native too. Yeah. And, and, and I like to catch them if they're, you know, if they're kind of sluggish and I, I catch them, I hold them and then I let them go. You know, it's like, yeah, I, I, yeah they're, they're fun. Uh, like, I, oh, they make me I feel like back that, uh, that ball python that I showed you. I think you take it. Oh, yeah. The one that I found at that pet store. Oh, that lavender one, that silver lavender liquid silver snake. <laughs> Hats were invisible. <laughs> I mean, we just was, we just got a we just got a beautiful uh, female ball python that was um, surrendered to us, um, and uh, I was told she was. Uh, I'm not good with morphs. Um, not that not that some of them aren't absolutely beautiful. I just I'm more of a you know natural appearance guy. You know with 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 the uh, reptiles, but um, this ball python is she's beautiful, and I'm not exactly sure what she is. Um, she was the person that gave her to us said that they thought she was a queen bee. But then um, I had my friend, Brian. Um, well, you guys know Brian Barczyk. Yeah. Uh, Brian. Uh, yeah. I, asked him, I said, what, what is this? And I, he, I think he called it a lesser clown, I think, or something or lesser pastel. I got to look at the text, but he said, he said, man, that's, that's a really nice snake. And, um, and uh, I, I love the thing. You know, mm -hmm. I've never been a ball python guy where like I got into breeding them. You know, I've, I've had a couple in the past, you know, um, as a kid and stuff. I got actually a quick, funny story about one. But uh, I really enjoy this snake, even though it's a morph. Like she's such a sweetheart and she's an unbelievably reliable eater because, you know, you know, ball pythons can be. And uh, she really is a sweetheart. But yeah, quick, uh, quick, funny, funny story. <laughs> When I was, when I was growing up, you know, I, uh, it took a while to get my parents on board. You know, I, I had to, you know, they would let me do stuff, but there was a lot of no's. I would have to do it <laughs> before I got the yes. Um, and my dad never liked snakes. My mom didn't, they didn't, they didn't bother her. My mom doesn't like rodents. She was freaked out by mice, but she had no problem with snakes. 
So they agreed to let me get a snake. And um, at some point I ended up with a ball python, you know, normal classic looking one. And this thing was the most stubborn theater ever. It was probably a wild caught import, you know, a little juvenile. And I, I figured out how to start getting them to eat by going on snake forums and stuff. Again, I'm, I'm just a kid. And <laughs> what I used to do was put it in a little critter carrier with the mouse and then cover it. And because I guess, cause the snake was in darkness, it would eat every time like clockwork. Well, I was starting to get to the age where like I was hanging out with my friends more and my friends came to the door and like, Oh, can Chris come out and play? You know, remember when you could do that, you know? And, and I was like, yeah, I'm, I'm leaving. And I, and I ran out the door and I left the snake on my bed oh, no. in this critter carrier with the mouse. And my grandfather <laughs> was, was over watching me and my sister. So I said, oh, grandpa, I'm going out with my friends. He's like, all right, you know, I'll be back, you know, by whatever. And the next minute he goes upstairs to use the bathroom or something and starts freaking out because the snake popped the lid of the critter carrier. <sighs> And got out, and so did the mouse. Oh no! <laughs> so he calls. He gets oh, my man. sister upstairs because my sister, from a young age, I was like, "You're not gonna be afraid of anything." Like you know, and she wasn't. Mm -hmm. She would come through the reptile shows with me and everything. And she, um, she had to like, you know, chase the mouse and grab the snake for my grandfather. And and, and <laughs> yeah, I made some bad impressions with some family members. But I will end that by saying, even though it took me forty years. I finally got my dad to like snakes, and now he has his own pet snake. So, oh wow, oh, there you go. That's, <laughs> that's, that's a feat. Hold it off. Uh, well, we do have a really beautiful um, milk snake uh, native to here. Yeah, that uh, one of my that friends can't. that has an indoor pool um, uh, has them that tends to come into her house a lot, and it's like. Uh, maybe, <laughs> you know, but what is you know. what is what is the species out there? Is it the pale milk? Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. yeah. yeah. We, have we have eastern here. I actually just hatched some eastern milks just a couple like a week ago. Um, we have eastern milk and coastal plains that's uh, native out here. So, yeah, just gorgeous, gorgeous. Oh yeah, they're yeah. stunning. Yeah. So what what plans um, are you going to? Uh, add any new animals or always <laughs> um what uh tortoise turtle lizard snake well i mean you know again we're we are part rescue so there's always new turtles and tortoises coming here um uh we just did a big uh, surrender a gentleman who's been following us for years he unfortunately had a stroke uh, it's actually oh. one of our one of our most recent videos i think from last yeah. year okay and, yeah, i just uh, watched that yeah, he gave us uh, all his tortoises, a beautiful blue tongue skink, which I actually turns out I was wrong about it in the video. It's not an Australian. It's the um, I don't know if I'm saying this right. The Irian or Orion Jaya that that one. Irian Jaya pop one. Yeah, a beautiful lizard. Um, so, you know, those are new. And then um, there's a couple of things in the works right now. People are looking to surrender animals and we're just seeing if it's going to work out or not. Um as far as personal plans that, that we want to add, we're working on a, a build right now with ZooMed. Mm -hmm. They are sponsoring a build. Uh, I'm not going to say what the animal is yet because I'm not supposed to. Okay. Um, and we're actually, I think we're going to go back back and forth a little bit on that. We might want to change up the animal because of the, the type of enclosure. But they sponsored the whole build. They sent us a, a ton of decor mm. and supplies for it. Mm. Um, we are... Uh, what else? What else? There's something else going on. <laughs> I 
I don't know. I could I could get off with you guys and have an email saying I need I need you to take my dinosaur, you know, which you know. Well, yeah, it's like, uh, you know, with with everything that you guys are doing in the field, you know, on your place, the two girls, the two dogs. And I said, I've got to ask them what vitamins they take. (laughs) Coffee coffee is a vitamin. (laughs) And it's so funny. Like we we drink coffee in the morning when we wake up because Casey, my wife, Casey and I were partners and everything. and, And she's you know, she's the reason that I'm, I'm still going with a lot of things because I, you know, I tend to get so burned out and, and she's the one that, you know, edits all the videos and films all the videos. And so she's like the mastermind behind everything, but we both, because of the kids, like we like never get any sleep and, yeah. and it's tough, you know, and, and it's, it's, it's like a, it's like a domino effect in the middle of the night. Like our youngest will usually wake up for some reason, like her leg fell asleep or she had a bad dream or, or whatever. And then she wakes up, one of us has to get up, and then the dogs wake up. And <laughs> both of the boys, you know, Gil and Angus, our boys, they're, they're, is it morning? Is it morning? So they're, they're going, they're going nuts. And, and, but so we get up, we have coffee, and then we usually go out to Starbucks to get more coffee. <laughs> and then we, and we said just the other day, we're like, we got to stop doing this. We got to stop spending money at Starbucks. And they screw up our order like all the time. You know what I mean? And we're like, all right, we're going to stop. That lasted two days. We started, we started filming today. We had another sponsored video today and we started filming that and we're both dragging and she, I could tell she wanted to say it. She knew I wanted to say it. And she's like, um, I feel like I really need coffee. And I was like, yep, let's go. And so we <laughs> stopped filming, drove out there to get more coffee and we got through the day, you know? Oh yeah. Well, Joe and I started morning like that too, out on our veranda. And it's, uh, no matter, you know, it, like today it was kind of misty and foggy and cool and then we we go well it's like we live in a in a log cabin as if we're renting it and we've got the forest service that we with elk and cougar and everything that we can look down on why aren't you know you know camper yeah campers would put on their coats and go sit outside and watch it on and we're doing that yeah yeah (laughs) and so i mean we're yeah yeah we're right next to forest service so we've got hundreds you know, uh, of, uh, well, how would you, thousands and thousands of acres of, of pine and, and, uh, oak glades and, and, you know, everything just all around us. And so that's, that's what would be, you know, and I used to work as a biologist here in the Black Hills and as a firefighter too. So, you know, I, uh, after being in California for two years in Arizona for three, you know, moving back here, it's great for, you know, hiking and dogs, but boy, for reptile keeping, I envy you. <laughs> you know, it's, it, yeah. It, it's, so. it's, it's interesting out here. It, it really, really is. And, and, you know, similar to you, we live in a very uh, wild area, you know, um, we, you know, there's all kinds of wildlife. We, we have wild turkeys, sometimes as many as 40 of them just walking right through the yard, you know, great blue herons, bald eagles. They like said, there's a lot of turtles, a little disappointed in the snakes. I truly am. <laughs> <laughs> I literally only ever see one of three snakes. It's either black racer, northern garter snake, or the occasional baby water snake that shows up here. Uh, but yeah, I, I don't get any kings or black rats. And I'm, I'm out. Of, I'm too far out of. Actually, I shouldn't say too far. I'm literally just out of the pine snake range. I actually, mm-hmm. my old neighbor who lived up the street, he just moved like not even ten minutes inland. And the first day that he moved into the house, there was a, a dead pine snake in front of his house in the road. Oh, um, so, yeah, I'm a little, 
lacking with uh, lacking with the snakes here. Um, but the uh, we we have fence lizards, which is awesome. There, there's a ton of them in the yard. Fence uh, lizards. Yeah, yeah. We have three lizards in New Jersey. We have the eastern fence lizard. We have the ground skink, and we have the five line skink. Hmm. Yeah. We've got these little horny toads. <laughs> oh, that's yeah, right. the, the horned lizards. Yeah, in yeah. the northern northern drier part of the hills on the on the west slope. And uh, so I get to see them there. I mean, that, you know, I would, I would love to have one of those if they were legal to have. I, yeah. I should, I should ask my game and fish contacts. I'm like, well, can I get a species that's not native here? That's been captive bred because I, I love those little things. Most, most states, most states do allow that. Jersey is really, I mean, knock on wood, because I said there's a bunch of stuff going on internally, but right now Jersey fish and wildlife is still really awesome where they'll, they'll let us keep any native species with the exception of the bog turtle, because that's federally uh, threatened. Um, so they'll let, you know, like they let us have North American wood turtles, diamondback terrapins, box turtles, spotted turtles, as long as we can prove a paper trail that it did not come from the wild anywhere. Right, right. But then there's other States like, um, you know, um, Pennsylvania, they, they, you're not allowed to have an Eastern box turtle, but you can have any of the other subspecies. You can have Florida, three-toed, Gulf Coast, ornate, desert, Mexican, you know. Hmm. So, but then there are some states that, and this part is sad, they enact laws, a blanket law, because they admit that their biologists can't tell the difference between the subspecies. So when you go to a state like, um, don't quote me, but I believe it's New Hampshire. Where? Georgia. Georgia. Yeah. Okay. Where, right no, where I'm at. No box turtles at all, right? Wow. Uh, no native at all. No native at all. Okay. Well, you New can't Hampshire... even get a. You can't even have like a like a white red-eyed corn snake. That's oh, wow. illegal because they're native. You know what? Let me. I'm going to bring up something about the corn in a minute. Um, in I think it's New Hampshire. Sorry if anybody's from New Hampshire out there. Um, if I'm wrong, I'm wrong. But I believe New Hampshire won't let you have any box turtles. So even though an eastern box turtle looks nothing like an ornate box turtle or nothing like a three-toed box turtle they won't let you have it. If it falls under the terrapene genus or at least the terrapene Carolina genus, you can't have it. Wow. It's a shame because you're honestly inviting people to break the law when you do that. Um, but Matt, the corn snake. So the corn <laughs> snake is endangered here. Oh. It is endangered in New Jersey. Now we don't know. There's a couple different opinions on that. If they're really actually endangered or if it's just habitat expansion because we're like the northernly most portion of their range. So New Jersey will not let you have a corn snake if it doesn't have red eyes. So the only way you're allowed to have a corn snake legally in New Jersey for any means is if it has red <laughs> eyes. So it's got to be Amel. It's got to be Snow or um, Creamsicle. Whatever ones have red eyes, you can then have them. I have a normal wild type corn that I actually have to have an endangered species permit for. Wow. Most common, yeah. one of the most common snakes in the pet trade, right? Yeah, right, right. Not here. <laughs> I can, I'm sure I can find you one down yeah, here. Probably. <laughs> Go walk into yeah. a school. There's probably one shopping. Yeah, that, well, because I had had worked with the South Dakota Game and Fish, um, and I, I'm the only. They call you're the only turtle person <laughs> in, in, in in the at least West River, and so you know I'm doing a lot of rescues for them. They, you know, I got the call to go to a landowner who was putting in rocks on a slope to stabilize it. And a snapper had buried eggs right where they needed to put all this rock work. And so I, um, great, great landowners, very caring. 
and rescued 32 snapper eggs from there. And I'd never handled snapper eggs before. I thought I was anticipating that they would be the size of ping pongs, but they're, <laughs> but the, the, these were the diameter or about a quarter. I just expected them to be bigger. And so, you know, I marked the top of them and then brought them out because they had, they had been laid four days before we got there. And, and so now I've got, you know, um, all those snapper eggs and we're going to bring them to the Rapid City outdoor campus that once they start pipping, then the people can come and watch them, you know, come out of their shells and all that fun. And then we're going to release them from the creek that the mother had crawled out on. So that, but, but I'm able to do that because they granted me a scientific collector's permit. That's what we have. And so it goes beyond, you know, um, you know, I, I buy a fishing license every year, whether I go fishing or not. And now that I'm, you know, 66, I get it for only, have to pay only $12 for it. And that allows me to catch, you know, have four turtles in my possession. Well, now with this permit, I'm, you know, whatever the game and fish is, you know, gives me a call, go out and do, or I, I call and, and, and uh, approve a rescue of something like this and disturbing the native nest. So I just, you know, I, you know, I, I just thought that you two must have permits, you know, federal permits and, and then in the, the New Jersey permits, but do you find in some of your operations that you, when you, you cross state lines, you, um, do they, do, ever, do they ever send you across state lines and you have to have permits for that? Uh, no, I don't, I don't get sent. Um, well, I shouldn't say that with, with, with my actual, with my, the job that I'm employed as a herpetologist with, um, there are some out of state work, you know, jobs that we do, but I'm covered under the company's permits. Okay. Uh, you know, like I, I've done some phase one uh, bog turtle surveys in New York and Pennsylvania. Um, but the mo- majority of the work that I do is in, is in New Jersey, like vast majority of it. And then um, as far as our personal permits go, I, I had federal permits um, for, cause we, we do work with some endangered species act uh, species of radiated tortoises, Coheland box turtles, a um, couple different um, federal federally listed species, but we don't sell them. Mm-hmm. So there was no reason for me to have the permit anymore. So I let that go. I, I, I didn't want to keep spending $200 for a captive bred wildlife permit from the United States fish and wildlife surface for species. Wow. Not even going to sell. Yeah. So, you know, like our radiated tortoises, you know, that's just like a fun project for us. They're also a big hit on the channel. People love seeing them. They love seeing their babies. So, you know, that works out for us there. But um, as far as other perm, everything else is a state permit. And, you know, I've got a, uh, I've got quite a few. I've got, um, well, I've got the endangered species permit for the corn snake that I can add, you know, I can eventually add other endangered species too. you know, um, the tiger salamander is endangered here. So if I wanted to add one to that, they would probably be cool with it. Um, so the endangered species permit, I have scientific collecting for the terrapins. I have scientific holding, and then I have, um, animal exhibitors, zoological permit, which enables me to go do the public performances and presentations with the animals I have animal dealer so that I can sell, you know, baby tortoises and, and, and stuff like that. Um, and then am I missing one? <laughs> I don't even know. <laughs> yeah. See, that's the one thing that I I'm working with the, the South Dakota game and fish about. Um, they, they know that their turtle laws are confusing and, you know, they're trying, I said, you know, well, we need um, sellers permits that then they have to get, you know, their, um, their South Dakota 
retailers license so that you know they have to collect sales tax and all this stuff because these you know these people are buying you know they said you can't buy and sell any turtle in south dakota i go but um petco and PetSmart are selling turtles and tortoises they go well they have a a u.s fish and wild or fish and wildlife license to do so i go but the people that are buying them don't have a buyer's permit you know and you're saying that buying a turtle is illegal oh yeah And so- yeah, that's horrible. <laughs> we, so here, one of the, one of the laws in New Jersey that I actually am in favor of, you're not allowed to sell or buy turtles within the state lines. So that means if you lived in New Jersey, I can't buy a turtle from you and I can't sell one to you. I can give you one. I can trade you one. But if there's any monetary purpose behind it, it can't happen. However, I can legally sell to anybody out of state from New Jersey all day long. That's that's it's, really interesting. Yeah, it's um, interesting. It's North kind Carolina of, is similar. Yes, yeah, North Carolina does that. Right? Uh, we have a we had a guy on our show, uh, Mike from Mike's Aquatics on Instagram. Okay. Um, he's he's as far as he knows, North Carolina's only legal turtle breeder. Um, wow. Mm-hmm. So. Yeah, no, that whole permitting process makes a ton of sense. Like he's the same way; he's not allowed to sell in state, but he can yeah. ship them anywhere. And and you know, again, it sounds asinine, but I actually like it because it it removes me from the pet store uh, title, mm-hmm. and it also I don't have to have people come here. Right. It, you know, if I was allowed to sell, if I was allowed to sell in the state to a New Jersey resident or allow somebody from out of state to come here, which that's not legal either. Wow. You know, I, I would have too many people. This is my private home. Yes. A lot of people, right. one of the most common questions that comes through the website is, you know, are you guys open to the public and, and it looks like a public display, but it's not, you know, number one, we don't have the insurance for it and we can't mm. afford it. It's insane. Mm-hmm. And it's where we're raising our kids. You know, they don't have the most normal life because of the <laughs> path we've chose. So our way of giving them normalcy is to give them some privacy. You know what mm-hmm. I mean? Mm-hmm. Um, we would love to have some kind of like public, at least nature center one day, you know, mm-hmm. um, maybe, maybe down the pipeline, or maybe we can set that as like a goal on our Patreon page to, you know, maybe eventually have that one day. But uh, for now, the way for people to see us is through social media. You know, and that's what we do. We try to we try to broadcast as much of it as possible. But I, I actually am in favor of that state turtle and turtle turtle and tortoise selling law because I there's you know some if if it was allowed, what kind of excuse would I really be able to give to people like, hey, I'm going to charge you top dollar for this animal, but I'm not going to let you come pick it out. <laughs> like, right. You lose sale after sale that way, you know. Yeah. So it's, you know, I let people pick from photos and stuff, but that's it. Everything's got to be shipped out. And it, it's, it's kind of a, um, a security measure too, you know? Yeah. Yeah. So I, I've got two, two kinds of questions here. I, I agree with the security measure and that that's honestly a saving grace. I bet in your yeah. book, um, we had a question in chat of what's the process of becoming a herpetologist. I know you kind of touched on what you did <laughs> to become one earlier, but Maybe we'll touch on that one more time. <laughs> um, I mean, obviously, you know, there, there are colleges that offer herpetology, herpetology classes. Um, I know that. Um, I think it all starts with a, bio, a degree in biology. Um, none of that is, I, of which I did. You know, like I said, like I, I, I got lucky, I guess. You know, I, I, I put the work in since I was five years old. Um, 
And I just kind of had to keep proving myself over and over again, which I wouldn't change anything. I don't regret anything. I, I'm very proud of, you know, my accomplishments. But, you know, if you do go to school for it and look into the right avenues, it'll probably happen easier and quicker for you, you know. Um, right. Just al almost everybody else I work with uh, went to school for it. My boss didn't, though, which, which is interesting. <laughs> you know, he's a, he's a world-renowned herpetologist. But, um, you know, mm -hmm. it, um, it's, it's kind of just uh, trying to get as, as – as, um, it's niche, you know what I mean? Yeah. Well, and, and, and I went to school when school was really affordable. I mean, credit hours were only $12 a credit hour. And, and I could afford, um, I, I got two different biology degrees in five years. And I had no student loans because I worked as a biologist, a student biologist in the summer for game fishing parks or U.S. Fishing or U.S. Um, Forest Service. And then um, being that I had been a track star i was immediately put into the fire line you know it's like if you're fit you fight fires yeah. <laughs> and and so you know and then then you get hazard pay on top of you know science pay and so i mean i with my summer jobs i was able to afford yes. five years of college but that was back in in the in 75 i started in 75 and graduated in 80 and so it was you know, but now, you know, it's ridiculous. Even in the same, the same exact college, it's $270 per credit hour. It's, it's insane. And, and, and so what um, Game and Fish, they're not hiring me as a biologist of every, anything I learned in school. Um, I mean, they, I'm, I'm not hired by Game and Fish right now. I, I'm a, um, a volunteer scientist, but it, it's my reptile experience of just being a reptile keeper, a turtle keeper for decades that I'm doing this turtle rescuing for. So essentially, it's my experience, not my schooling. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that, yeah. I mean, hey, you, know, yeah. you know what? That's a great point. Experience is everything. Yeah. You know? you, you've got to. Yeah, mm -hmm. you've got to have it. You know, there were there were when I first applied for this job, there were plenty of other people that had, um, you know, degrees, you know, had gone to college, finished college. But, uh, you know, my lifelong experience, you know, is really what, um, mm -hmm. I, you know, is what, what got, you know, landed me the position, you know. Right. Um, and especially, you know, with something like that, you know, I mean, look at it this way. And this doesn't go for everybody. I'm not I'm not hating on anyone, but. There's so many people in upper positions, actually in in authoritative positions, people that write laws, write permits, do all kinds of things like that. But if you put these animals in front of them, they can't tell you who's who. Yeah. So yes. that was very valuable. One of the first questions that my boss asked me at my interview was, can you identify our native species? I said, every single one of them from across the yard, I can tell you what they are. <laughs> yeah. and I was and like, I can, I can tell you every single one of them and every mm -hmm. single variation of them you know and that that kind of stuff is like well that right there you know what i mean mm -hmm. but yeah I, I i grew up like people are like where'd you go to school in the woods that's where i went <laughs> yeah. right nature uh -huh. and and i i you know the the my father used to when he would get frustrated with me sometimes he would say ah all you do is eat breathe drink sleep turtles you know what i mean or reptiles you know and you know he's one of my biggest supporters and biggest fans you know so it's like you know but he's right that's what I did. I, I, I just wanted to have a book in front of me. 
you know, when it was winter, I wanted to watch the documentaries, look at my own animals and read books on the, on mm-hmm. the subject and nothing else. Yeah. And then when, when the spring would come and summer would hit, I was back outside again, you know? Mm-hmm. I mean, I would, I remember you know, growing up late winters, you know, the snow's falling outside and just curling up with a book and then just putting myself in, 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 oh, it's July and I'm outside. You know what I mean? And, yeah. And I'm watching box turtles cross the road, like whatever, you know? So I, I think that's the number one best advice is yeah. you know, before, during, and even after you go for a degree, get as much experience as you possibly, yes. you know? Well, and, and then I, I tell people when you get a wildlife and fisheries degree, um, you don't know everything about every species. They mostly tell you on habitat manipulation, you know, because uh, they said, you know, you think you're going to be working with animals every day. Wildlife management is people's management and it's habitat management. Yes. And sometimes you're going to be out there doing a census, you know, to determine the how many licenses for the deer that we, you know, we can let out, you know, um, sell. And or, you know, do we have an extra deer season because they're overpopulated and they're starving? And, you know, so you, you count some species, but you don't really, really, really get to know you know, a particular species, unless you're really doing it on your own, you know, on your own time, you know, um, um, you know, when you are in the field and you're censusing, you know, any particular species, you do get to, you know, to see if what you've read about that species is what you're seeing in the field, you know? Yeah. Um, I mean, I I would get so obsessed that, you know, I, I, even now with, with filming, you know, a lot of times, you know, I got to pull back a little bit and, and I hate to use the phrase, but dumb things down a little bit because the average viewer, you know, wants to learn, but they're not going to be able to follow where I'm going with something. So Casey, a lot of times she's like, slow down, you're saying too much. You're, you know what I mean? Like, like you're not going to, I mean, I mean, literally like just with, with, with Mediterranean tortoises alone, particularly Hermans and Greek tortoises. I, I've, I've learned how to, how to, how to identify the localities of them. And, and that's a big thing in the snake world too. Mm-hmm. You know, a, a, a New Jersey chain King snake, Eastern King snake does not look like one from North Carolina. And mm-hmm. it doesn't look like one from Georgia and it doesn't look like one from, you know, Northern Florida. Genetically, they're all, they're all Lampropeltis getula, but they're, they're, they're vastly different. You know, when you're looking at a, New Jersey king snake, and I I can explain that to a certain degree, but when it comes to some of these things, I'm like, man, how do I even convey this information to people right now? Because I I can't show you my brain. (laughs) Yeah, but it's a life lifelong journey of just you know, eating, drinking, breathing, and sleeping. It. Yeah, 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 and that's yeah that that's one thing you know. um, I did this odd you know, the, a roadkill egg rescue and out came this clown and, and then four other clowns that didn't hatch. Uh, they died during incubation oh, wow. and then five individuals that were of wild type. So here are the 10 eggs that weren't smashed on the road with the female, you know, four, five ended up being a clown genotype and the other, and the other one, um, wild color genotype. Mm-hmm. And so then, then, you know, my mind raced is, um, and, um, and I, I, you know, I, I had never seen a hypo pastel other than, you know, some of the redder sliders that were in the books when I was a kid. Mm-hmm. So I started going online and asking questions and 
boy, some of the, well, you don't deserve to have that turtle. You need to give it to a breeder. You don't know what you're doing. You know, <laughs> it's like, excuse me. But as far as turtle husbandry goes, I've got that down. I'm now curious about this genetics. Is anybody producing them? Did the road temperatures cause this? Did the anoxia, right. you know, the anoxia in the dead body where I found five of the eggs cause this? You know, what, um, you know, my questions is you know, like, why, 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 why? <laughs> And then, and then, then, yeah, yeah, and and then to be, you know, so some of the the reptile people, turtle breeders were just really, really, really helpful. And Mm. these others were telling me, you don't know what you're doing. You're going to kill that turtle. It's a one of a kind. (laughs) It's like, because they want it. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. They want it. Yeah. Yeah. So it's, uh, that's, yeah. I, I was a private little pet keeper until that turtle was born and, and it opened me up to, you know, this, the podcast world, the, you know, getting really in, investigating the reptile world. And so because of that clown, I found you and Casey, <laughs> <laughs> you know, I, I have to tell you this, I, as, as a, um, I've done some really big sculptures that are out there and, and paintings and whatever. And I've had a lot of Hollywood clients and I, and I, I told Matthew, I go, I'm more excited to talk to Chris and, and Casey than, than, than to have an interview with one of my Hollywood clients. <laughs> oh my God. That's awesome. Wow. Well, yeah. Very flattered. Very flattered. <laughs> because wow. yeah, because to me, you're a star of my world. You know, they're, they're a star in their own world. And, and it's like, yeah, I'll take your money. I'll do your pet tiger. <laughs> You know, or, you know, or, or, uh, you know, I mean, I met Michael Jackson's chimp. I met, you know, all this kind of stuff, you know, when I lived in California up in Wrightwood for, um, you know, two years. And and a lot of people had, a lot of stars had cabins up in them, the um, Wrightwood and then, and, and Arrowhead in that area. So that's where, um, yeah, so I, I met a lot of those folks. But, you know, the life that you and Casey are living, it's like, wow, that is <laughs> crazy. Uh, yeah, crazy. A lot, yeah, a lot of I, I don't so, think I'd have the energy to just keep up with, you know, your reptile life, let alone the kids and everything. And oh, that you know, how many acres are you guys on? It's just over two. Just over two. Wow, it looks so much bigger. Yeah. That, so into your yeah. oh, go for it. What's that? Go for it. Go for it, Chris. Oh, no, just we're uh, just over two. But like I said, we're backed up to 47,000 acres of wildlife. Refuge, so nobody could ever build. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, so we look, it, but it, it, it's it's definitely plenty of room for, uh, you know, we there's so much of a property that we haven't even touched yet. You know, we keep mm-hmm. saying like the whole left side of our property along the driveway and even back, like actually right behind this building and up. It's all these massive white pines that are not even native that the uh, mm-hmm. the old homeowner or actually, what am I talking about? Like many years ago, the homeowner planted and they're huge now. And we mm-hmm. keep saying like, man, if we get an arborist in here to rip all these out, we would have <laughs> so many more, you know, so much more like prime real estate for more enclosures, <laughs> another building, you know, uh-huh. or, you know, we'll, we'll, we'll get there when we get there. Or maybe, maybe we won't even do it. Who knows? You know? Yeah. I was going to ask you, my question was, are you running out of, of space for the, your demand. We're not. Um, it's uh, yeah, we're, we're not, you know, we, we, our house is, is good size. It's almost 2,300 square feet. And uh, we, we still have plenty of room in the backyard if we want to do like a big patio or a deck or even a pool one day. Um, you know um, 
but yeah, I mean, I got to say, we even have a little bit of a farm going on here. We have goats, we have chickens. We're, uh, we're getting, a, a we're getting, a, actually, no, I shouldn't say this in case, ah, whatever. We're, <laughs> we're expecting um, a, a, a mini cow. We're getting an African oh, zebra. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I keep saying my wife, you know, Casey, Casey, uh, she, um, she comes from the zoo world. She's a, a former zookeeper. And one of her favorite animals that she worked with at one of the zoos was an African zebu named Bukau. And she fell in love with the breed and she's been teasing me. Well, she didn't really tease me. She has wanted one for, you know, we'll, we'll be married 10 years next year. And um, we've been together for almost 13. So all this time she's been like, I, I want to get a zebu. When am I getting a cow? When am I getting a zebu? <laughs> And like it's gotten to the point where other people will tease me about it. Uh, like I've been, I've been on other podcasts before where like somebody will like call in or or even like the person you know interviewing me will be like, so the question is, when is your wife getting her cow? You know. <laughs> finally, this year I got in touch with the farm that she fell in love with. They're called Sunnyfield Farms. They're in Virginia, and the guy's actually originally from up here. Uh -huh. and I put a deposit down. Okay. One that uh, is going to be, we're going to get it sometime this year. We just don't know exactly. Oh, nice. It. We're getting now, it this year. So now what color are those? Cause I've fallen in love with those white ones that have this black eyeliner and black ears. And yeah, and it, well, there's, yeah. there, there's all different colors. There's some that they call it like, um, paints where like, it looks okay. like a bucket of paint has been splattered on them. Uh, okay. Then there's like a silver one with the black eyeliner and the black nose. So basically mm -hmm. what happens is when our turn comes up, they will contact us with the available calves. And then as long as she is happy with one, which she's going to want them all. So of course she <laughs> you know, she'll pick the one we want and then we'll, we'll make a whole video out of that. We're going to drive down to the farm and oh, cool. It's, we we definitely wanted a female though. We wanted it to be a female. Uh -huh. so we know at least that much that it will be a girl. Okay. So. Cute. Yeah. So then we don't, know, gonna... we don't know what it looks like yet. We don't know when it's happening other than that it is happening this year. And uh, and that it'll be a female. So. And you're gonna make your own cheese and everything out of it. No, 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 no. We're just, <laughs> just just pure enjoyment. That's all. I've never had a cow before, so I don't know what I'm in for. But uh, we'll see. I like the goats. The goats are cool. Yeah, because I, I I can't have cow cheeses, but I can have goat cheeses. And I okay. keep telling I keep telling Joel. I said, you know, I want a goat for to to take out the weeds. Uh, I also want one that will take out uh, that'll give me some goat cheese. <laughs> The, the, the shepherd cheese. Yep. <laughs> yeah. So, Chris, one of my one of my questions that I still have is, and you've kind of hinted on that you need a bunch of coffee. Um, and you got a lot. <laughs> that of I what? That I, that I need what? And yeah, you're so breaking up a little that bit. You, that you always need coffee. Oh man. Yeah. <clears throat> yeah. Um, coffee. Yep. Yeah. How do you how do you manage the time in the day? That's where my question. That that is actually uh, my biggest downfall. My biggest downfall. Did we, did we lose him? Is he gonna be able to hear me? I don't know. I think he's just yeah. kind of breaking up right here. You. you can okay. hear me. You can. Okay. Oh, yeah. Okay. Um, that time management and balance is my biggest downfall. Actually, I have a very hard time uh, finding that. I've been working on it. I've been on a little bit of a personal journey the last year. Um, to, to try to figure out how to do that more. Um, but it, it's very difficult. And especially when you're working with animals, you know, you can't, you can't really predict much, you know, you could think that everything is fine, 
and you could say, okay, I'm going to go devote an hour to this right now. And then I'm going to get back inside and it's going to be movie time or we're going to go here or I got to go do whatever. And then you go tend to the animals and somebody's sick, you know, uh, or mm -hmm. something bad has happened or something even wonderful could be happening, whatever. Um, and, and now an hour just turned into three, you know? Yes. So I, I try, I, I used to be glued to this thing beyond belief where I was answering every single email, every moment it came in and then answering comments and, and tending to the animals. And I, I would literally be like this while I'm like trying to, feed a snake, you know, uh -huh. or a monitor lizard that could take my finger off, you know, and I, and this is, you know, Casey would, would have a lot of talks with me about this stuff. You know, like you, you really, you're, you're not managing your time. You're, you don't have any balance and she was 100% right. And, um, I've learned to put this thing down and go to it when necessary and try to, you know, if I've got emails to answer, I'll step out of the room, I'll go outside or I'll devote time to do that instead of doing it while my daughter's trying to talk to me. You know what I mean? Uh, yes. But it's hard. It still is. And I slip up, you know, it's, it's, you're trying to manage a lot of different things and, and we're very blessed. We're very fortunate, you know, but what we do every single day is an absolute ton of work. And we try, you know, one of the, the video, the video that's coming out Sunday is um, it's called something like um, I forgot what the title of it is. I think it's like living with 400 plus animals. It's a 24 hour job or something like that. Yeah. And we try to show in the video, like, you know, the video starts off, you know, I'm, I'm collecting eggs. Then now I'm down the, down to our study site and I'm working with the Dimeback Terrapins. Now I'm going back to our property and I'm feeding everybody, you know, and then I'm ending the video because at that point, I have so much more to feed and do, but that's mm -hmm. all I can, that's all I could get in the video, you know. Right. So it's a lot, you know. Going away is tough. Mm -hmm. um, we still manage to do it though. We do make time for family vacations, but you know, per prime example, Casey is going to see her grandfather in Virginia uh, tomorrow. You know, her and the girls will be gone for like three or four days to go see him. This is probably her only chance that she's going to get to see him the entire summer because of how busy we are. But I got to stay here. I got to mm -hmm. be here. The terrapins mm -hmm. are going nuts right now. It's their nesting season. Our animals are nesting. We've also got the dogs. You know, we'd have to kennel them, you know. Mm -hmm. So, um, you know, doing this comes at a price. But, it, it, you know, I I made this bed, so I'm going to lay in it. You know what right. I mean? Right. Yeah. Well, and I have that same problem. I've got, you know, I, I've, I've had to learn how to say to people, I can't take your call or your message exactly when you want me to get back to you. You know, they, they ask me, well, what if it's an emergency? I go, well, I'm not a surgeon. <laughs> <You know? laughs> and so if it's an emergency, call a surgeon, you know, mm -hmm. but, you know, and, and just really have to protect my time. And, and I'm, I, my operation is minuscule compared to yours, but then I also have my art business and, and, you know, and Joel and I, neither of us had had kids. And so um, that gives us you know, a lot of freedom because by now we would be having grandkids we would have to, you know, find time for. You know? Yeah, yeah. And and so, um, you know, but still I, I feel overwhelmed because I have all these juveniles to release, but they won't let me release them until I, I have a, a vet um, give them a, a health certificate. And so I'm raising the money through GoFundMe to afford the 300 to $500 to have this batch tested um, for release, you know, and, and, you know, they're taking up two tanks and two outdoor tubs and 
<laughs> and mm-hmm. it, I mean, that's, that's so small compared to, uh, you know, that's why I, I, I asked you, you know, what's your vitamins <laughs> because, oh my God. I mean, to, to I, go- I can see, I've, I've got, I'm puffy right here. I can see it. You know? <laughs> yeah. I need to get more of a tan. Maybe it'll hide it a little more. But, uh, yeah, well, it, I, uh, I, I used to cover up tonight. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it, it's, I mean, I, I, you know, I'd be lying if I said any of this was easy, you know, and, it, you know, sometimes I sit there and I, I think like, you know, man, what, what is, what's even my hobby anymore? What do I, what do I enjoy doing besides spending time with the family, you know, and my hobby was always the animals, you know, yeah. but at one time when it was, things were slower paced and it was just some animals and I didn't have kids yet or whatever, it was so easy to just sit down have a beer and, <laughs> and just watch the animals you know yeah. I mean? yeah. and, and just watch them for no reason. Maybe get a couple <laughs> cool photos of it for my Instagram page. And that was it. There's very little time for that now. Yeah. Uh-huh. And it's my time is when we're filming and I will like, Oh, this is going to be a really cool shot if I get on the ground with the animals right now. But I'm like, this is what I used to do just to do it, you know? Yeah. So, you know, it, it having this kind of operation definitely takes that away some of that away, a good amount of that away. But, you know, our, our kids are so young right now. They're three and six. Mm-hmm. So, well, actually, she's going to be four next month. So four and six. But, um, you know, it's a very needy age that they're at. You know, mm-hmm. you try to explain things to them. Like, we got to work right now. We got to do this. They don't understand, you know. Right. You can't, you know, you got to do as good of a job as you can to not get frustrated with them, even though it's impossible sometimes. <laughs> it's not their fault, you know, right. that, you know, this this is their home. Yeah. But, all it's our home and our place of work too. Right. So that's where it can get messy. And there's, there's, there's times where we're, we're down and we're like, man, are we doing things right? Are we doing this the right way? But you know, one thing's for sure is that we're, we're, we're a team mm-hmm. and we're partners on everything. And uh, you know, we, even when we get upset, we always come back to each other and, and figure it out, you know, because yeah. we're responsible for all these animals too. You know, yeah. well, you're fortunate. You, your job is doing what you love in life. And so many people don't have that luxury. They're doing what they have to do to get home and then, you know, have their life during the evening and on the weekends. Yeah. And, you know, you are, you know, just, that's like me and my art. I get to make money doing what I love doing. Mm-hmm. Um, and the turtles have become, um, you know, it, it's fascinating, you know, um, but at the same time, it's uh, I don't want it to get to the point where, no, I don't want to rescue that turtle. I'm just overwhelmed, you know, and 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 my contact with the game and fish, she's like, we don't want you to get burned out. But, <laughs> you know, yeah, you know, burnout's a real thing. We 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 get very burned out with YouTube. We really do. Yeah, we, I can it's imagine. Hard, it's hard to come up with ideas. You know, we're like, what do we film this week? We don't really have anything going on. Well, let's just do a day in a life video. Well, who really wants to watch that? Well, oh, we. Me, me. <laughs> yeah. so it, you know, and it, it's tough. And then, you know, some videos don't perform well and it's very, it's a big letdown, you know, and then you have some that do really well and you're on this crazy high. You're like, this is great. People love us. And then the next video, you know. <laughs> well, so, yeah. How, how, how many of, of Otis have, have done poorly? I can't imagine a, an Otis video doing poorly. <laughs> yeah. I don't think we, we did have one Otis video that did poorly. And we still to this day think that, there was some kind of glitch with YouTube that day because it was oh. weird. It was like at his height too. Like he's still a big deal, but you know, um, so many people just know of him now that they, I think they kind of expect him more than anything, but uh, yeah, he, he's, he's, he's definitely been a, a major 
boost for us. <laughs> and funny, I, I take him on presentations. I just did one this one this one this past weekend. And a lot of people come out just to see him, you know, they wow. know he's going to be there. And then, uh, but then the people that me- meaning that are hearing of him are the first time they're just blown away because the turtle never underperforms ever. Yeah. <laughs> ever. There's no such thing as that turtle closing up in his shell and not doing anything. He's, uh-huh. he's, yeah. he's always ready to just be like, I'm going to beat you up or I'm going <laughs> to be cool. Like I'm in charge. I don't care how much bigger you are than me. He's just yeah. Yeah, yeah, he's funny. I, I love your T-shirt, uh, Otis for POTUS. <laughs> <laughs> that, yeah. that came through YouTube. A bunch of people were were uh, recommending we did that. A lot of people, and we're like, "This is a great idea. Let's just do it." You know? Mm-hmm. So yeah, yeah, he's yeah. he's phenomenal. <laughs> he's right behind me, actually. So, any, any babies of Otis you have for sale? <laughs> we, well, we haven't bred him yet. We're oh wow! Very, we're very nervous to do that because. I know a lot about box turtles and their anatomy, their ecology, and even the pathogens and diseases uh. that they naturally carry. Um, so we're waiting almost every single time we, we take box turtles in. It's never just one. It's right. there's a bunch, you know, and they've got some weird history. Oh, I found this one crossing the road in like 1999 and I still have her. But then I found this one crossing the road last year and now I have them together. And it's like, mm. okay, if you just had her, since 1999 and she wasn't in contact with any other box turtle that might be a candidate for otis but we're yeah. so nervous yeah. I'll tell you, i've seen it firsthand yeah. i've seen it firsthand how remarkably sick box turtles get from each other when they're not properly quarantined and then just thrown in together and a, a turtle like otis that has essentially been alone all this time oh yeah you know I, I, we would be completely ruined if he if, especially if it was our fault, if, you know, we put a turtle with him just to, for the sake of breeding him and he got sick. Right. So we're basically, we're just waiting for that perfect moment and it's going to happen. You know, yeah. somebody is going to, um, there was actually one turtle that I almost put with him, but then I, I just checked in with the person that gave her to us. Mm-hmm. And I said, I just wanted to ask, you know, has it absolutely beautiful female one of the best looking females i've ever seen she lives outside here she doesn't live with otis i checked in with her before i was about to do it and she said oh yeah she was with uh, a couple other turtles up until last year and i was like oh nope you know not gonna chance it she's still healthy still doing great she's actually the last two nights been trying to lay eggs so that should happen Mm -hmm. any day now but uh (laughs) yeah she's not a not not a match for him yet yeah, I, I, I don't blame you. I mean, you know, when if this clown gets big enough to breed so far, she's a female, but she's not growing like her siblings did. And I was hoping it'd be a male because I don't think it's going to get big enough to have viable eggs. Yeah. And but if she, if she did, it's like, boy, <laughs> she's been living a life alone. And I as a biologist, I tell people, well, you know, the, the one bad thing about, you know, people like me, um, I ended up with severe uh asthma um and you know from fighting forest fires and and all this sort of thing and and my my doctor goes yeah you're not we don't want you to catch covid and so then i isolated for like three years and it's like well now i'm sure my immune system is become virginal (laughs) not exposed to what it should be exposed to and so now you know it's um so i was explaining that to people and but now it's, you know, um, I, I'm not worried about COVID. I'm worried about the other 
um, colds and flus that put me in the emergency room before COVID because now I haven't been exposed to them at all. Yeah, you know, yeah. so I've been a bubble baby for three. And so I explain that whole thing as far as reptile keeping goes too. I mean, this clown has lived by herself since she was born in October of 2019. What species is it again? I, I, uh, Western. She's a Western painted turtle. Western painted. Okay. And uh, you know, I, you know, the, the offers that I get on her and I'm like, no, I'm, I'm too curious to find out if this, you know, I've got her brother that I, I um, bred to a female that I kept in isolation for a year <laughs> yeah. and, you know, very healthy and, and, uh, and she was captive born. Um, and so, uh, you know, I put her with him and they're, and they're having offspring now, but I, you know, because our house is 502 uh, 572 square feet log cabin. And then we've got on the three acres um, I, and I've got a studio cabin outside, but I don't have room for that many tanks. And so mm -hmm. I have a breeding partner that I'm sharing the offspring with and some of, you know, uh, a brother to my clown. And so he's going to be really doing the massive breeding of this line to see, you know, if we can reproduce this or if it was just an environmental, um, factor that you know she was baked she was one of the eggs that was either on the highway or within the turtle uh, the the deceased mom's body cavity and uh you know was it just the heat affected her um uh you know protein synthesis to produce that color and it's not genetic you know it's yeah. um so it's just you know um yeah. I, I i called a number of universities to send you know if i could send um some tissue samples to them to see if her uh, genome is different than the other genomes of Western painted turtles they have on file. And they go, uh, you know, I, they, they wouldn't answer me. They go, this is determined color genetics. I go, yes. They go, Oh, we don't have time and space for that. <laughs> you know? yeah, yeah. And so, yeah. And it would probably cost me hundreds of dollars to have a DNA full genome done on this turtle. So, yeah, yeah. Yeah. I need another star commission. <laughs> yeah to get that done yeah there you go yeah so now your aquascape ponds i just am so envious i mean i i follow ed ed you know the ed blue the pond professor and and greg whitsock and and uh how often are you out having morning coffee beside that pond <laughs> well because the insects are so bad here <laughs> oh uh, no no I, uh, pretty much every morning you know I, it's one of the first things i do i walk out and walk the pond um, I'm actually going to be with those guys in a, about two weeks, July 6th. I'm flying out to Chicago to be with them for a couple days. Mm -hmm. Um, and then, um, so yeah, I, I haven't seen either one of them since they were here when they built the pond, uh, two summers ago. Wow. Uh, yeah. The, the, well, they, they actually built me two ponds, um, a smaller one up front mm -hmm. where our, uh, currently right now we're keeping our Chinese box turtles in that one. Um, and then the, the real big one that's right out the door here. Uh, that's got a number of species in it. Um, but yeah, it, it, it's such a unbelievable piece of, uh, art, you know, yeah. it, it's yeah. absolutely gorgeous. You know, it, it never gets old. It just the sound of it. Cause it, it, you, it's right out our kitchen window. Nice. I'm saying to Casey, I would love to do like one of those, like rip the window out and do like a big bay window that comes out. So it almost looks like you're on the water, you know, oh, that would yeah. be quite a project that I, would, <laughs> I certainly wouldn't be good at doing. <laughs> but, uh-huh. 
Yeah, that 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 is yeah. That that's my dream is to um, get a pond where I, I'm trying to convince the game and fish to. Um, uh, they say we still have Blanding's turtles here, and the last time one was seen was decades ago in the southeast corner of South Dakota. Um, it sounds like Pennsylvania. Yeah, and you know, I said, well, let's let's do. Um, you know, uh, a reintroduction, you know, uh, captive breeding and reintroduction of the Blandings in that area. But we have a lot of big egg interests in that area that um, didn't want that sort of thing to happen because they drained a lot of the wetlands to maximize the acreage for the agricultural interests. And so reintroducing a species like that would mean more regulations in that area. So right the kibosh and i that oh that that brings me to a question um you were saying you're working on the bog turtle when i heard this recent supreme court decision on um non-connected bodies of water meaning isolated ponds and sloughs and marshes can be drained for development because they're not connected to bodies of water that communities are reliable or are relying on for drinking water and such um, I went, I, I thought like, oh my God, there goes the bog turtle. I mean, I didn't even know about that. Yeah. Just, you can Google Supreme court um, decision. It was within this last month that they've decided that um, ponds and sloughs um, are, you know, they're not, they, they come up with a new term of what an, an adjacent water body is. And um, it, it's just, yeah, it's to me, you know, we live in what's called prairie pothole region, very needed for the migratory migratory bird species. Well, South Dakota has drained more of those prairie potholes than any any other plain state along that flyway. And so now then they're wondering, well, why are the birds all passing over? And why, you know, why is our you know, um, our waterfowl hunting isn't as it was. And, you know, yeah. Uh, yeah. <laughs> and so I, I immediately became afraid of the, the bog turtle, you know, because I know, you know, some of those marshes and sloughs, oops, excuse me, were, um, <laughs> gosh. Um, oh, geez, that was, that was Matthew. <laughs> uh, um, so, um, anyway, what is it, Matthew? <laughs> I think I guess, he probably has like no service right now, maybe. Okay. Should I ask the questions or, or are you going to be able to know? Hello? Oh, he didn't, I lost him on that too. <laughs> um, he has questions that, uh, he, he likes to ask every podcaster we have on here. Okay. And uh, yeah, call failed. Um, and and one of them is, um, if you could breed um, and sell any species, whether that once lived on the planet or currently does live on the planet, um, what would that species be? And is he is he strictly talking about turtles or and tortoises or just any, any species that ever walked on Earth? Um, but uh, not including man. We did have some. I, one. <laughs> I have, I have a, a a very unrealistic obsession of needing to know what a Tyrannosaurus Rex really looked like. <laughs> 
I mean, I like I can't tell you how upset I was when they first announced that they believed it had feathers. Uh-huh. I was like, no, please no. You know what I mean? And and then like then they retracted that a little bit and they said well, maybe he had pseudo feathers. That then <laughs> maybe Jurassic Park was actually pretty darn accurate. Um, you know, I I, I would. Um, uh, God, there's there's so much so much skepticism and morale to this. You know, the what is the what would be the right or wrong thing to do? But mm-hmm. I mean, dinosaurs in general fascinate me. Mm-hmm. But I, I would lo- love to know what T Rex really looked like. So I think if I could do that with one animal, it would be T Rex. <laughs> you know? Yeah. Yep. Now, now the other one is um, I, I'm waiting for him to send. I don't those know that I would sell any T Rexes though. I think I would hoard them all. <laughs> Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, another one, and and you would know so mo- much more as a, a father. There's there's one show that kids watch a lot of these animals that have these animal powers, and uh, um, I'm waiting for him to to tell me what show that was. And your girls probably watch it, <laughs> but um, they said if you could have one of those animal powers, which one would it be? Animal powers. Which which show is that? It's uh, some kind of um, uh, you know s- supernatural animals that have all these supernatural powers. And you I know, know my girl. I don't know that my girls uh, actually watch that. You know, okay. um, they are. Uh, they what, did, did he did he text you the show? Uh, no, I I oh. Creature power. Um, Creature power. Um, what's the name of the show, though? He didn't tell me what's the name of the show. Um, here, I'll, I'll type back. Show name. Um, but, you know, I, I'm a rule breaker, so you could um, ask, you know, you can you can go beyond that. I, I'm As far as I'm concerned, you know, include the Avengers or any other. <laughs> oh, okay. Any, any other power. Um, um, I never really thought about this. <laughs> With kids, I, I, you know, I, I would think that this was a, a fun topic of, of, you know, what, yeah. what creature power or what supernatural power would you choose to have? I think I would choose to be the Hulk because not because I want to smash everything. There's, <laughs> there's definitely some things I want to smash, but if you were the size of Hulk, that would mean that you could put away some serious food and I love to eat. <laughs> I, and I actually get mad when I start getting full because I'm like, I don't want this to be over right now. You know? So I think I think that I think that's that would be mine. But as far as like a creature power, I don't. My girls like they love to watch Bluey. They love to watch um, um, Gabby's Dollhouse. They like to watch. Uh, they do love nature documentaries. I got to give it to them. They they'll get hooked on a show about sharks like that. You know. Oh, cool. Yeah. Um, yeah, I don't. I don't really know about a creature power. You know, I, I uh, the one that Joel and I agree on. Uh, Joel's my partner of twenty three years. Mm-hmm. Is uh, to be able to jump from one location to another. It's like, oh, oh I, I want to see this lizard on Madagascar or ding. Oh <laughs> yeah. You know what? Yeah, I would pick that too because I would love to be like. Yeah, I'm gonna go run over to Italy right now and check out the Hermit tortoises, and I'll be back in five minutes. You know what I mean? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That'd be, yeah. that'd be super. I want to go run over to the Galapagos and ride a Galapagos tortoise for an hour, and then I'll be home. You know? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. And then the the third question is, um, what 
one piece of advice you would give for someone just getting into reptiles? Don't let anybody ruin it for you. Mm. Don't, don't let, and, and I, I say this cautiously because I don't want anybody to think that I'm, I, I'm being um, uh, too broad or too general with this. Don't let people ruin it for you. Okay. Mm -hmm. there, we were talking about earlier with comments and stuff and even what you're going through with the clown painted turtle. Mm -hmm. There's people out there that for whatever reason, whether it's, they just don't believe you believe in you or they're jealous or they're just mad or they don't agree with you. People try to tear you down and it's remarkable how much of that goes on in the reptile community. So I think that would, and, and that's, that's where I get burned out. That's where I get dark sometimes is, is because of, you know, what, what can happen with, um, with people, you know, no, you're, you, it says that your, your microphone's muted. That's what it's telling me. There you there go. We go. Can you hear me now? Yep. Now I can't hear you. Oh, um, darn. Uh, <laughs> Matthew's the, the tech guy and he's, uh, um, Oh, can you hear me? Let's see. Yep. I'm going to unplug my, hello. Can I can hear you? I no. can, I cannot hear. Uh, let's see. <laughs> um let's see yeah he, he this is this is bad Still can't um, but uh i don't know if anybody else can hear chris um is anybody else here hearing chris here on the chat i'm still here um uh come on matthew where are you <laughs> he's in a bad spot Hmm. Um, well, we, this is a time that we normally. I can't hear you now, Peggy. <laughs> can't hear you. <laughs> can't hear you. Can you, can you hear me now? No, I can. Can you hear me? No, no. I'm going to leave the studio and come back. I'm going to go and then come back. <laughs> well, it's just me now. Well, I'm not sure what's going on, but um, thank you guys for watching and thank you to Peggy and Matt for having me and uh, hopefully I'll see you guys soon.